Welcome to the Celestial Feminine Podcast, where we cultivate a sacred space for women to discover their sovereignty, reclaim it, and proudly stand in it. We bring together leaders, seekers, healers, mothers, daughters, and sisters to hold authentic conversation on the divine complexity of womanhood, to listen, share wisdom, encourage, and evolve together so that we can remember that at our essence, women are all truly celestial. Here we go. This week, Grace and Lauren sit down with woman, sister, seeker, and boss babe, Nikki Ray Bowes. Nikki walks us through her life making difficult yet necessary career changes and following her calling, trusting what we sense and forgetting what we've known. Let's take it away, ladies. We are here today with Nikki. Woo! Nikki, what's your last name? I was going to say Rose. No, it's because my middle name is Ray and my last name is Bose. Nikki Ray Bose. Nikki Ray Bose. Kind of like Nikki Rain Bose. Yeah. Oh my God, I love that. <laughs> Nikki Rain Bose. Okay, that's officially your, my nickname for you. I hope that that's okay that I just took that. Um, we are here with Nikki Ray Bose, aka Nikki Rain Bose. Um, and N- Nikki, I'm not even going to like say who you are I just want you to say who you are and please introduce yourself yes the gorgeous beautiful wonderful spirit that you are thank you thank you yeah so I'm Nikki and I met Grace because she stumbled upon my yoga studio reunify and I am a Chicago city girl I grew up in Chicago but I moved to San Diego about 12 years ago and I used to be I was a molecular biologist for five years and teaching yoga in the evenings. And it slowly became more and more clear to me that I wasn't really following my passion or was I following my heart. I was definitely like working against the flow of the universe and the universe kept telling me that, let me tell you. (laughs) And eventually I left my full-time career as a molecular biologist, um, traveled alone, first five, six months through Asia, came back and uh, had some pretty clear visions about what I wanted to do and that um, involved reunify. And so the business I own now um, started out as a traveling community, a traveling donation-based class. And what I would do is I'd give 30% of the donations, even though I was so broke, (laughs) 30% (laughs) of the donations to different local nonprofits, because that was like a really big epiphany I had while I was traveling. The power of the American dollar and how we use it and abuse it, how we use it and abuse it when it could be like put towards so many epic things out there, Mm. like how much $1 is worth in like Myanmar. It was mind blowing to me. And eventually the opportunity just arose for me to change my traveling donation based class into a studio and then also a digital studio. So that's kind of like who I am business wise, like what my path looks career wise, like hobbies, passions, like I'm a surfer girl to the core. Yeah, you are. Yeah, that's my, like, I have a deep love for the ocean. Mm. So that can't go unmentioned in when I introduce myself. Um, I love that also. Also, I, this actually kind of goes into our next question about 
on your sign, Scorpio, which is a water sign. Um, so I was actually going to say that there, do you, I was going to ask you if you think there's a connection between you, your water sign and your love and need for water to survive and continue because also marine biology or no, no, molecular, molecular. molecular biology. Okay. I might have stuck with it if it was marine biology. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you're surrounded by water or you're trying to be surrounded by water. Do you feel like there's any connection there? Yeah, I think so. I definitely think so. Growing up in Chicago, the um, Lake Michigan was a safe haven for me. And to be honest, like I, there was like this little river by my house. And like when I needed to be alone, I would totally go by the river. So water has always been a safe place for me. I've always been kind of a water baby. I was even a lifeguard in Chicago. People don't realize you can lifeguard the lake, but I was a teenager there. Um, I was going to say I was a lifeguard at the pool. (laughs) Short stint. (laughs) Little different, but still honorable. (laughs) Honorable Grace. Um, Yeah, so definitely I have a strong connection with water. I think water is a really powerful teacher. because I mean, I'm gonna go into my nerdy molecular biology side, but uh, H2O, like it being, that molecule is a fascinating molecule. Mm. If you think about how water, when it's in a pool of water, like sticks together, but if you try to pour water in your hands, it kind of like slips through your fingers and the molecules separate. But then as soon as it gets through the fingers, they'll reconnect back to each other in a pool of water. So water's this like beautiful symbolism of like our individual consciousness and how it separates and merges and separates and merges as we like um, live out our individual lives and then, you know, are reincarnated, mm. whatever. I, I look at water as a great and powerful teacher. Wow, that's beautiful. I've been reading a lot about like just water's healing, um, healing properties as well. And a lot of just sub- kind of like me as I've been going back through um, learning about like Filipino, um, like sacred healing traditions, cause that's where my family is from. Water is used so much um, and also trees and like just even touching water, being immersed in water. We think about like a bath for instance, like why is that so healing? Um, but there there are just such beautiful traditions um, whether it's, you know, Filipino or just, um, I don't know that I've learned that and like even with like baptism if you think about like you know uh religions that do baptism and like the rebirth and all that water is such a beautiful um i don't don't know it's 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 so healing for me and so i resonate so much with with what you were saying about just how it teaches you because it can be flowing water it could be water that's still like a lake um but the differences in, in the ocean just like the depth of the ocean so metaphoric yes i mean it's at the surface and you just dive under and you're beneath the energy of it all but you can look up and see it you know yeah i i don't know if you resonate with this but um cade my husband he like he grew up you know in encinitas and he loves the ocean and his his favorite he says that his happy place is right before the wave crashes and he goes underneath the water and that silence of just like feeling and hearing the rushing water above, but being below and just like being with the, um, I don't know, the excitement, but like 
I don't know. I, I don't know if you resonate with that at all, but um, I just think that that's such a beautiful space. It's so sacred. Totally. And like to take it on a little bit different, like more yogic tangent, tangent, you know, the element of water is associated with the sacral chakra, mm. like the, the second chakra, like our womb space, basically yes. as women. Yeah. And so it's a place where we process emotions or don't process them and, you know, end up with really tight hips. <laughs> and so it's powerful to submerge yourself in water and let water teach you. It's a, for me, like when I get really worked up emotionally, as I do, as Scorpios do, if I walk out and I like bathe in the ocean, even if it's freezing cold, like there's something about it that washes or like encourages the movement of that emotion through me, you know? Yeah. It's like a, it's almost like a different form of communication with the element, just being submerged in, in the element, you know, like, I don't know, it's not English, obviously, but there's a way in which our body remembers and can release. Yeah, I was just gonna say it's um, a release. It's like a release on a level that you can't maybe experience. Mm, or explain fully. Mm -hmm. a surrender to something greater in yoga yeah. we call it in sanskrit it's called ishvara pranidhana mm -hmm. beautiful I, I usually make um my boyfriend put on rain sounds rain binaural beats or ocean wave sounds to sleep just because it i don't know it just makes me so calm and it sends my mind in such a relaxed state of mind to sleep <clears throat> or else I have such trouble falling asleep naturally. Yeah. But I need that sound to release. Wow. We're what such water babies over here. <laughs> yeah, I know. We're like, well, who's Nikki? We just got deep into the discussion of water. <laughs> yeah. in the discussion of water. Molecule water. <laughs> I kind of taking a step back to your Scorpio sun, what is something that um, people who don't really know you, um, or no, sorry, excuse me, what is something that, um, <laughs> yeah, people who don't really know you, wait, what am I trying to say? Okay, as a Scorpio, what is one thing about you that people really don't know about you unless they really know you? Uh, there we go, yeah. third time's a charm. That sneaky Scorpio hidden nature. Ooh, as a Scorpio. I love that you said that. That's a very hard thing for me to reveal. <laughs> it's true. I resonate with that so much, Nikki. It's like for me, I in my egoic mind know that this is all egoic mind and buying into the illusion of separation, separateness, like you and yeah. me. Um, yeah, in my egoic mind, it takes a lot of loyalty and trust for me to get to the point where uh, this is obvious. So when people first meet me, they see me as like a really strong-willed, powerful woman. They see that, they hear it in my voice, they see it in my stature and the way I carry myself. I'm, you know, I appear to be very confident and strong-willed and kind of like, you know, I don't give a fuck. Like say whatever you want, like I don't give a fuck. But the reality of the situation is I care a lot about what other people think. I care a lot about how other people feel and making people comfortable. And there's almost something worse about having an outward um, 
visage or like mm-hmm. outward appearance of being like confident and not caring um, because then people assume that you don't care when actually mm. you're like behind the scenes trying to make everybody comfortable, make all ends meet. Yeah. <laughs> and so you're having this whole inner experience that no one is really aware of until they dive deeper. But my friends who have known me, and I do have friends that I've been friends with for 10, 20 years because it's mm. that Scorpio loyalty. Like if you are my friend, you are my friend. Yes. You know? yeah. Like unless yeah. you cross me and then it's over. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, just kidding just kidding kind of just kidding kind of very but, nice. <laughs> so yeah my friends who know me for a long time know that I'll bend over backwards to make uh, other people happy and other people comfortable almost sometimes to my own det- detriment and I, in the last few years I've learned, been learning a lot about boundaries and, and what that looks like mm. yeah I I resonate so much with that. And I think it took me a while to really understand like that the perception of me is different than me, if that makes sense. Yes. Um, and like seeking approval for being the person that people perceive me to be is very different than just like <laughs> living as me. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I resonate so much. And even though I'm not a Scorpio, I, I feel like I learned so much from you and from Lauren um, with Scorpio sons because I'm a Taurus and um, we, you know, are, are opposite in the um, Zodiac. And so I don't know, I think a lot of like these elements of like courage and like confidence and boldness that I see from both of you um, it helps me because I'm like, wait, if Nikki's doing it, I can do it, you know, and it's, it's beautiful. Um, it's beautiful to, to just see that, like, you, you know, that you are confident and you are like this bold, intense, um, energy, but, you know, we are so multifaceted and complex and, um, the softness to you and, and the care that you have for others and the sensitivity, like, that's also you. And that's really, really beautiful. From the moment I met you, I felt both sides. I, I don't think I only felt this, like this presence that was like, whoa, you know, like I, I think that there, you have found a way to show up so authentically that I picked up on both energies. Truly. Yeah. I, I also just feel like I, um, I, totally agree with what Grace said and I resonate I think we all do I also am curious I would be curious to know what your Enneagram type is um if you know what that is it's probably a type two helper because it seems like (laughs) he's typing it seems like your nature is to give and help um and with that there goes maybe kind of that um, need for validation through helping because you're so used to helping. And sometimes that guilt comes with that guilt. It kind of makes you be the one to second guess yourself and really care about what others think and maybe over care to make people comfortable rather than sometimes making yourself comfortable, you know, like, um, having those boundaries with yourself. Also, that's something that I feel like I'm learning in just self discovery is boundaries with myself and others because I feel like I have such a hard time um, also 
caring, overly caring what people think about me and how I'm perceived. And um, you just get so used to that, that it becomes like flexing a muscle that as an adult, like the older that you get, you, it like finding your identity, your identity as an adult becomes so difficult when you're so hung up on your perception and how you will continue to be perceived. And it's like, how do I separate my identity to who I actually wanna be and not who I've been to others and who my parents have told me to be and um, who I just know I'm supposed to be because of society and my parents and my friends and things like that. And that's why it's so nice to see people be so open about it as you are, because that goes with another thing with we're all human beings, but it's so hard to open that portal of, you know, yeah, vulnerability where you let go of that idealized self image towards people. And you just say, hey, you know, I'm, I'm a real person. Um, And I have a lot of weaknesses as well as the strengths that you only see. Like it's not, I'm not just a highlight reel. Yeah. Take, take myself off the pedestal, which I am constantly doing, like as Grace knows, and you took one of my classes too. Like I'm pretty vulnerable in the front of, in the beginning of class right away. I usually tell some sort of story about myself or something that's happening in my life, but like all of that, there's so many like pings I had while you were both talking, but like, there's this whole element of vulnerability and authenticity about your personhood and personality. But then there is this, you know, philosophy of the yogi that is like, what is identity really? But an accumulation of all your experiences, you know, like what is identity really? Like, it's like an accumulation of this life's experiences and last life's experiences. Mm -hmm. All the time someone hurt you, all of the things your parents said to you from a young age, you keep picking up. My friend, Dave, my friend, Dave Keneally, he describes it like a tree. And if the tree grows in an environment um, that's like tons of gasoline everywhere, pollution, whatever, it's going to affect how it bears fruits, bears fruit versus if the tree grows somewhere else, you know, mm-hmm. and it's the same thing for all humans and how our little egoic identity forms. So that always like baffles my mind. Cause I, I'm like going down this route where I'm like, okay, authenticity and vulnerability are everything. Like, let me put it all on the table. And then there's this other voice in my head. That's like, yeah, but that's also like all a mask. And like also yeah, right. ultimate, you're like ultimate consciousness. Like you are a consciousness without persona, without identity. Mm-hmm. And you can go play these your cute little human games down there, but you are like so much more than that. Yes. So while I'm going through this whole process of like sharing my full self, it's still the small s self. Yes. And there's something yeah. so much more to this existence. Uh-huh. You know? Yeah. Oh my gosh. So and I, I feel like I'm constantly like being pulled from that like that self that can see it all and the self that is actually play, like in the story. Playing the yeah. Playing. yeah. I think the key is like having constant awareness and I've been making this a really strong part of my practice lately, especially with the horror story that's been 2020 for me at least. Um, uh, it's just watching the person play itself out. Like no matter what, whether the person's having a good day, like Nikki's having a good day. She's, <laughs> she's hanging out with her friends. I'm like, oh, there she is down there playing out the good day thing. Or like <laughs> if I'm having a bad day. I like, and I think the real practice is having that higher awareness the whole time, whether mm-hmm. you're in a high or a low, there's, you're always just watching from up here until yeah. slowly, 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 you just like merge with that, right? And that mm-hmm. would be samadhi. That would be some form of enlightenment. Yeah. <laughs>
Oh, it, that's beautiful. And I would love to hear like a bit about just, I know that this year has been huge for, for you and your business and the whole community that I am so lucky to be a part of now and would love to kind of hear some bit about just the origin of Reunify. Would love to hear about just like what kind of drove you to take that leap of courage. And I know that there are so many women um, who are creative, like, and I really do think that um, creation and, and, and womanhood is so hand in hand. Yeah. Like we, we are life givers, um, but more so than that, like our womb, our center is, um, it's just, it's, it's studio one, like where everything starts and would love to hear a bit about the evolution of, um, yeah, you taking that, that jump and what this year has been like for you and um, anything that you want to share. I love yeah. this story. Caveat, I've already heard it. But. And I also, um, adding on to Grace's amazing question, um, in a spiritual sense, I'd love to know also just like what that even means for you and um, what you've found and what has worked for you that you're using now maybe like in this extremely chaotic time that you maybe need not maybe that you definitely need um a center okay wow there's a lot of questions to tackle. Let's <laughs> see if i can do it and then you're going to remind me if i missed some of them <laughs> first off um what gave me the courage to leave my career as a molecular biologist well let me just tell you i was waking up every single day with severe anxiety it like was first like okay, anxiety. And then a year after a year, it got worse and worse to the point where I would be sitting in the parking lot about to go into my job, crying in my car. And I'd be like, okay, okay, you gotta get together. You're being paid well. You're living the dream. You're doing what mom and dad said to do after college. All right. And then just like working myself up to getting into the business, going into the lab and just doing it. But it got so bad. It was like, I had no other choice. So I had to kind of explain, uh, plan my escape route. So I started saving up money and I knew uh, probably a solid few months prior that I was going to quit and go to India to do my second uh, training in yoga. So uh, that kind of, first of all, my love for yoga pushed me, uh, gave me the courage, my deep love for it. Like I would be drained by the end of my day working mm -hmm. as a molecular biologist and I would go and teach a night class after working for eight, nine hours and I would feel alive. And I'm like, okay, this is clear. Come on, girl, yeah. get on board with your heart space. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of like where I got the courage from it. I guess the best way to describe it is my heart space and my heart feeling. Like going into the lab, my heart felt closed off. Teaching a yoga class, my heart felt opened up and it just felt clear. Like this is where you gotta go. Mm. This is where you're- Moving with your heart. Yes. And when it comes to reunify and how I came up with that idea, and how I came up with the name. Um, first, let me tell you how I came up with the idea. So I did some volunteering at a meditation center in Myanmar called Tabarwa. It's called the meditation center, but what this, this monk actually started a community where he basically said, you can live here, eat for free, um, and be a part of my community if you sit to meditate twice a day and watch my Dharma talks. And he created like a village. And mm -hmm. I went there to volunteer. I was only gonna go for two days at first. I ended up staying for a week. And it was the most intense week of my entire life. 
I saw more in that week than I've ever <laughs> seen in all of my adult life. I saw mm. people dying of serious illnesses. I took care of, I worked in the hospital. I took care of intense, like rotting wounds. I manually deconstipated someone. I bathed. <laughs> they would start shitting while I was bathing them. <laughs> oh my God. There, I lived next to a place called the Goodbye House where they brought the dead bodies. <sighs> it was the most intense thing I've ever experienced. And I became addicted to service. Like I was like working 14 hours a day, all seven days. And I was supposed to go travel for a few more months afterwards. And I started crying. I was traveling with a friend. I was like, I can't leave here. They need me here. I can't leave here. And I got kind of addicted to the savior complex thing. And my friend finally was like, Hey, this is your last opportunity to travel. Like you need to go do something for yourself. Like you've been working so hard for these seven days. Like you can still like somehow support Tabarwa. Like once you go back to the States. And so the pact I kind of made with myself was I was like, all right, well, if I'm going to leave here, I'm going to like send back money to mm -hmm. this place as often as I can. Like, even if I can't be here working, like in this intense experience, I need to be able to be supporting and supporting these people. And so that's when I came up with a concept of like developing a yoga studio that gives back. And I did uh, develop my save a membership concept, which like they, people can sign up for memberships and offer a couple extra bucks, Grace is a save a member. And then like that accumulation of, you know, 60, 70 members offering $3 over a financial quarter, I ended up giving 600, $700 to different nonprofits. And that all started from like the dream of Tabarwa. And now I switch up those nonprofits every mm. financial quarter. And so that's how I came up with like that concept and the actual name reunify. There's multiple different things. Like my mom wanted to start a yoga studio with me. Um, she really mm -hmm. wanted me to move back to Chicago and she wanted to start a yoga studio with me called mother daughter <laughs> reunion. And my mom's a yoga teacher too. And um, I, there's, unfortunately, I'm such a California girl. There was just like no way that that was, that's going to happen. Um, but she did tell me that idea and I was really touched for it. And I loved the name reunion. I was like, should I name it reunion? Mm. And then I was like, no, that kind of sounds like a bar. And then it hit me and I was like, reunify. And then as soon as I said reunify, all of these things started coming to me. I was like, the reunification of the limbs of yoga. Like when yoga was brought to the West, all of the other limbs were dropped off, right? Except for asana. And I'm mm. like, I have the philosophy knowledge. I have the breath work knowledge. I have the meditation knowledge. Like I can reunify all the different limbs of yoga and then also reunify like and bring a sense of community because I think when you go into most yoga studios you walk in not most but a lot of and people just kind of like hey hey check in and go their mask yeah. and then leave. And it's like a very pretentious like who has the best aloe outfit whatever you know? <laughs> and like let's not even look at each other um unless we're like checking out each other's like yoga binds and that was very much <laughs> not my experience in a lot of different studios and I was like I don't want that experience here I want it to be extremely inclusive all body types all personality types all colors of skin and I want it to feel like a tight knit loving community and so that mm -hmm. like also influenced my concept of reunify like an authentic inclusive community um and that's how I came up with that vision, that dream, all of those things. I, when I like stumbled upon your studio, which I actually don't know if I've told you. So because you hashtagged some post on, um, on Instagram with like San Diego um, yoga studio, I like looked up San Diego yoga studio, the hashtag, and I found your page and went on your website and was just like, eating all of your shit up literally and, and like something that I loved on your website was like this is not down dog for the masses that like one line that you had and I resonated so much with it because I have felt that yeah like we have stripped yoga 
to just the asana, like you said, and it has become this like kind of elitist um, thing. Like even if like as a yoga instructor or a student of yoga, like you, you tell people that you love yoga and they automatically assume that like, you're like this, like elite, like very flexible, like Like guru person. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I just, man, I, you are just clearly so onto something and it is working so well because someone who was in Washington, DC, like about to, you know, travel across the, the U S to, to go to ocean beach. Like I found, I found that I found you and your spirit and what you, you know, what you've made. And it is so, it hits home for me. And so thank you. Thank you for like being so creative and, and sharing that. And gosh, I just love you. I adore you. And then Lauren, I want to touch on your question. So were you saying, were you asking me basically like, what did I pick up from 2020 that like what school tools or skill set that I pick up from 2020 that I'm going to use moving forward? Or were you asking about like my past and what, how I used that for tw- like 2020 feats? Yeah. Like in a spiritual sense, like, um, like what does spirituality mean to you? And do you think that you incorporate that into just like how you live day to day and like how you structure reunify and like what does that look like to you oh what does spirituality mean to me it means a lot to me you know when teachers say like say one thing you're grateful for like if you're like I oftentimes Mm -hmm. say wow I am so grateful for my spirituality Mm -hmm. I'm so grateful for it spirituality to me um right now, like what's coming to me right now is interconnectedness and oneness. Um, That's the best way to describe it with labels. And I guess like sprinkle some unconditional love in there. Unconditional love webbed by interconnectedness and oneness. Um, That's my like understanding, a heart space understanding of what spirituality is. And of course that has been threaded into my idea of reunify because um, I think I feel like giving is receiving. And the act of service is an action of oneness because you deeply understand that in serving someone else, you are serving yourself because you're one. So, and of course, again, creating community and why community is so important to human beings is because again, in our individual pockets of consciousness, consciousness, it gives us a feeling of oneness. Mm. So for sure, how I've designed reunify is a direct reflection of what spirituality is to me and what spirituality means to me and do I um how do I incorporate that in my day-to-day I have to be honest with you um this year I faced some really serious uh, spiritual challenges there were definitely some days where I just felt like are you up there (laughs) are you actually up there like what how can it be this hard it was never this hard before like before I would sit down especially after I studied in India sit down in meditation and give it 10 minutes chatter chatter and then there I am oh feeling the buzzes the tingles feeling a connection to higher power and this year there were so many moments where I was like sitting in meditation 10 20 30 40 minutes I was like I feel nothing but the weight of the world, like the weight of the human world, the personhood world. So to be like fully vulnerable honest with you, like, no, I don't, no, I don't feel that uh, oneness on a daily basis. Unfortunately, I don't feel that oneness on a daily basis. There have been times in my life where I have, mm-hmm. 
very, and I'm very grateful and fortunate um, for those times. But I think spirituality um, and it being entangled with the person, the persona has its ebbs and flows, just like everything else in life. There are going to be really high highs to your spirituality at some point where you feel so connected mm -hmm. and so devoted and so like, oh my God, life is beautiful. And there are going to be some really low lows. And you're going to look back at those lows, those spiritual lows, as I have this year and say, wow, I learned the most then. Mm -hmm. I learned the most then. There's this Wood Brothers quote. Uh, I, I, I quote it all the time in my yoga classes. He says, um, all my wisdom came from all of my darkest days. I never mm -hmm. learned a thing being happy. <laughs> And I feel that as a Scorpio, I think maybe, but I, I feel that like, mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, that was like the darkness of my personhood. And I've emerged from it now. And I can look back at it and say, thank you, higher power. Thank you, universe. Thank you, God, yeah. for those lessons. I, I just, that was just like music to my ears. I love that, what you said so much. And I don't know if you definitely agree with me on this. I actually saw something um, on the good old Instagram. It's so loyal and so fact-worthy. Instagram <laughs> it has everything that you need, y'all. Um, it's like just the best. I saw this meme and it actually was talking about Scorpios and it was showing a picture of its three stages, how it starts as a scorpion and then there's the eagle and there's the phoenix. And I always think about how um, there's been a few times where I've pulled the death card in the tarot. And my friend told me that because of my sign, it's actually, it's not bad. And it's just actually a part of what is to come that I need to accept myself, that it's just a constant like death, shed, reborn, struggle, death, shed, reborn, struggle. <laughs> it's just like a constant and ever evolving flow. And that is yeah that is like our struggle and that will but it's also it's like a double-edged sword because like you said it's like the struggle but that is where you get all of the knowledge that is where you get all of the tools that you take to your next phase so yeah. it is the struggle but it is also like the portal of wisdom so it's mm -hmm. just like yes. wow Yes. And I actually been telling people that 2020 for me has been like an ego death boot camp. <laughs> so many deaths, so many deaths. Oh, so I didn't funny. realize that part of my personality was still there. <laughs> so true. What if you that. made like a reunify event called ego death boot camp? That would be but awesome. I'm still too in it. So maybe in a year or two when I've like gotten out of this alive and I can like really fully laugh at it. I still laugh at it all the time, but um. And also to touch on another thing you said, like taking the lessons you've learned before and like applying them to now, I always explain to people that life's like, I like to think of life's lessons as an upward spiral. You're learning your same lessons over and over again mm -hmm. that you're not, your soul signed up for, but you're like leveling up in your yes. lessons. Yes. Just, like, the the remembering. A different form. Same lesson, different form. Same yes. Lesson. Absolutely. Different and form, then, probably different people. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like, it's just testing you. How are you going to react this yes. time? One of the, one of the, I love the quote. It's like, the best feeling is a new reaction to an old situation. Mm -hmm. The best feeling. Yes. I'm feeling that. I, I love that we are now on the topic of death. <laughs> 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 we 
because I think about it constantly, but I do, I do feel that like this year, 2020 and, um, my, so my grandma passed away and my maternal, no, my paternal grandma, um, right at the beginning of COVID. Well, actually right before COVID. And I feel like her death, like catapulted me into this, like, spirituality shit storm of 2020 um but has really like I I just feel like death work and kind of what you were mentioning um about your time at the meditation center Nikki how like you actually faced death you know like you saw it you were right there you were engulfed in it and that death work is a portal to like living life to its fullest and like you said Lauren that wisdom that you pick up and I truly believe that like somehow we have all um just as one race have had to like deal with death way more because of COVID this year and it is now manifesting in so many ways but I I totally just yeah thank you for sharing um that like cycle uh, because I, I feel that like death reborn, it, like you have to go through it. You have to, or you just stay where you are and it's painful, but it also is like, what would I be without this pain? Like what lessons would I, would I learn, you know? And I, I just am grateful um, that you shared that. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. And you were saying something about, um, what you were saying about up leveling and it's an upward spiral and the same thing happens just it's like the same thing happens over and over again but I guess like in different ways and I have I feel like I resonate with that just because I feel like there's and you were saying that thing about like oh there's this thing about my personality that I thought that I worked out and I feel like this since March it's just like oh there's all of these things in my personality that I have avoided actually Mm. and it's just like um why am I why am I faced with this again and again and again and it's just like there is something there that needs to be observed and this is maybe the time Mm -hmm. that you need to give it for me and I feel like I finally like decided to take that time to look and see what's there and like what is it that is maybe causing that same reaction in like different ways and what is it why do I maybe find myself doing the same things in a different way it's like another dance but the same choreography yes I (laughs) am I, I just feel like there are parts of me that like just had to die this year. Like, yeah, absolutely. Like kill that part, <laughs> but keep the whole, you know. I had a pretty intense experience um, when, you know, obviously the Black Lives Matter movement has been going on for a long time, but when it swept across social media and I felt called to action to take a stance on it for my business, from a business perspective and, you know, from heart-based perspective and for me like I'm constantly working through my persona's shadows Mm -hmm. Um, but during that time I was not only working through my persona shadows but then dove into the shadow of collective whiteness 
And that for me was so intense that there's a whole nother layer to like behind your own persona. Like you could work through all, get through it, get through it to age 70. You make it age 70, like I work through all my persona shadow. And then boom, you're smacked with the shadow of the collective either way. And like, what do you do as an individual? Like, what do you really do? You can, oh, I read three, four, five, six books. Like, does that, you know, like I can change the action through little conversations. But as an empath, as a woman empath, like you're like, can really dive into some serious collective pain or collective pain inflicted um, if you allow yourself to go there. Yeah, I, and I am such a, as like you are and Lauren, like such an empath. And there are points where I have noticed that I will actually choose to sit on the bench. (laughs) And that in itself is like, that's a wake up, you know, like, because I know that if I, if I fully invest, it will be so much turbulence. And I think like even taking that step of bravery, like that's the first step. And I, I don't know, I think, I guess we're all in it together, women empaths, but damn. Yeah. The collective self too. There's so much there. And I feel like with everything that's that's with the awakening of everything that has happened this since March with Black Lives Matter and um, the pandemic, and it has, in a sense, been like a human awakening yes. for everyone. Yes. Um, I feel like that there is a heaviness that we've all felt because we're all thinking, we're all reflecting, black, white, whoever, like we are all thinking right now. And there is a heaviness that um, African-Americans are facing in another way. There's a heaviness that um, white people are facing in another way for the role that they feel like they've played. And there's, there's there's a heaviness in the air that we're like constantly breathing. And I feel like as an empath, it's like every morning since I feel like the pandemic has happened, it's like you wake up and it's just like, oh my God, I, this is the weight of the world. Legitimately. On top of my own. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And, and it's really important to not ignore those things because it's like very easy to be like my shit's too much my shit's so much I can't even go there but it's like uh realizing that it's all interconnected right (laughs) it's all interconnected so working through the collective working through personal Mm -hmm. it's all gonna like influence itself influence each other and that's been a whole new level of my of my work this year um which has been pretty emotional Mm. yeah pretty emotional I know I feel like for me, I'll wake up and I'm like, okay, am I, why am I about to cry right now? Like, I have never cried so much, honestly, in ever. Like I have cried almost every day from the end of March until maybe like a few months ago. I'll be having like a normal conversation with someone and I'm gonna start crying. I'm like, why am I crying right Wait, now? actually- it's Literally a business meeting, like why? I actually cried on Thanksgiving. Like, I was like, oh my gosh, am I crying again? <laughs> 
this is crazy this is amazing too because Lauren like used to never cry and then I told her how like I actually haven't gone a day without crying like I am such an emotional human that I like I need to release and ever since then Lauren has kind of been inching her way into the the waterworks um of of grace (laughs) also I like I I don't know if you both have a similar experience my my parents my mom um was my primary caretaker and she or a caregiver I don't I don't think caretaker Giver, really yeah caregiver. but same thing <laughs> okay um she when I whenever I would cry she would go towards lean towards more of like don't cry you know don't do that like yeah. you don't need to cry mm. so there is that drive to not want to go there and it's like I really don't want to go there but I have gotten more comfortable with the fact that I am a very sensitive person so it's just like if I am gonna cry then I'm just gonna cry you know yeah for me whenever I cry someone's like it's okay I'm like I know just like let me have like Like, you know like animals when they're uncomfortable they're like shake it out really fast like let me purge that's why like speaking like plant medicine like if you take plant medicine yes. whether it be mushrooms ayahuasca whatever like there's like great purges that happen sometimes they come through crying sometimes they come through laughing sometimes yes. you're vomiting sometimes you're just going like Ugh. you know like not actually anything's coming out but it's like we are designed our physical bodies are designed to purge otherwise things get stuck yes i'm so glad that you said that because i i for a second thought that i was crazy because when you mentioned the plant medicine um and the crying that is something that I do too. I thought maybe it was an extreme. And no. I'm realizing that it's because I just, it's, it's so, it's, I don't know. I just, I would not be crying like that on a regular day. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. it's obviously um, there is a wound there. And it's crazy that whatever mushrooms, MJ, um, whatever that is, can activate that release. Mm. And it just feels very peaceful rather than it does shameful. Mm. And it's very, it's just crazy. It's just cathartic and healing. Like um, I recently took myself out to the desert around here and had a little psilocybin ceremony, a little mushroom ceremony. And what that looks like for me is I'll close my eyes and I'll sit with my eyes closed for four to five hours. We start out sitting, we end up rolling around, moving around, (laughs) doing whatever happened there. And I spent a solid 30, 40 minutes just crying hysterically, but I wasn't sad. Like I was sad, but it felt so good. Like I felt, it felt like a good sad. Like I was Mm -hmm. feeling feelings I didn't, I hadn't felt before like I so the desert where I um, had sat for ceremony like it was basically right near the border of Mexico and I started having these visions of all of these women who like try to take their children across the border and I started to feel that pain of like what that life or what that reality looked like like walking by foot through the desert trying to come over to a country um, that's led by a president who doesn't even respect or honor your people you know like um, just like, and I just like felt the pain of like what that was and just cried and cried and cried and felt good in that cry because I was like, oh, I don't think about this on a day-to-day basis. I'm like living my privileged life in Ocean Beach. And like, it's important to entertain these realities and just like, uh, to, in order to feel empathy and compassion and, and unity. Yeah. And 
like the collective self that we were talking about, like it, it almost, um, it makes it so that you're physically feeling the collective self like that, that pain. And I, I also feel that with like, um, you know, with mama earth, like when I, yeah, when I am, when I, um, ingest the plant medicine, it's like, I am her, she is me. And all of that suffering, all of that, um, chaos, um, but also the peace, like it's all there and I'm, I'm experiencing it, it all. And so, yeah, I just, man, the, the collective, I think is a big part of why I also get super emotional. And, um, I love what, like how we got back onto this, like, um, like purge release cry train, because it's so interesting that like, when we, when we express emotions or we're releasing emotions, we as humans, form tears and we cry and it's water and like how we were talking about in the beginning like when you are immersed in the element of water that's where we can remember um these emotions that are so deep deep rooted and deep set and so there's something about like how us as humans like we we create that and like and it falls or we vomit we purge and it's that physical release that reminds us that like we are we are whole but we we did need that release <laughs> something there yes, I love that. Mm. cool well we have just a few more questions um but did want to ask because just with the celestial feminine and like how we like truly believe that there is so much, um, so much strength in like remembering who you are as a woman. And that also comes with like your, div your divinity, you know, your sovereignty as a woman. Um, you don't have to do anything. You literally just have to exist and you are divine, you are sovereign. And so I really wanted to just hear your thoughts on like, when did you realize that you were a goddess and like, what does being a goddess mean to you? So that question is really interesting for me because I'm not someone who necessarily like quickly identifies with femininity. Mm -hmm. um, but I can first let me touch on the divinity aspect. Uh, in college, I was a pretty crazy party girl. And uh, one time I, it was my first time ever taking acid and I took, you know, a little bit too much, I would say. Yeah. And <laughs> in that experience, I started to have, I was not a spiritual person then. I started to have these really intense downloads, mm -hmm. um, wisdom that I had never read, uh, never received from someone else. It was coming from within myself and of mm -hmm. course influenced and brought up by the medicine of LSD. And things like you are the microcosm of the macrocosm. God is in every plant molecule and is, is also as vast as the sky. Like being here now is like the home of your consciousness. Like I just remember writing all these things down. Like where is this coming from? Like how is this knowledge coming up from within me? Like I don't understand. And I think that was, I didn't know it as that, but that was the just initial seed plant of me understanding that divinity is within me. It's not something that I'm reaching out for being raised um, Catholic. It's not something that I'm praying up to or hoping to meet up in heaven. It's like really right here. 
And so that was the first realization that I am divine. And I don't even think I really fully understood it in those labels, but I felt it as an experience. And being a goddess um, and kind of taking on a lot of these yin-like qualities of receiving and going with the flow and creating, like, I really like matured into a more goddess-like figure when I traveled through India and when I traveled through a lot of the places in Asia because I didn't have a plan. I didn't have a schedule. I just woke up every day. I didn't do it the masculine way of like, this is my to-do list. These are the places I need to hit, whatever. Mm -hmm. I was like, whoever I meet, wherever I go, I'm just going to flow, you know? Yeah. And I just like tapped into this total like lightheartedness and joyfulness and um, really like femininity that I hadn't been able to tap into prior because I was so obsessed with planning. So I would say that's when I kind of like matured some of my goddess-like qualities. Beautiful. Yeah, I the the whole divinity aspect that you were just mentioning, I I feel like I've recently woken up to that. Um, and it's just it's amazing to see like that it's kind of outside of time and space, like you were saying all of these things were, were going on and these downloads were happening. And like for, for me and my experience, it, it, it was similar. Like I don't know, and you talk about um, in your classes, like teaching from the void, talking from the void, like there are these bits of wisdom and knowledge that like appear and you speak. And it's like, who, who said that? Like, <laughs> where did that come from? And I so deeply resonate with that because there are these um moments where I have to like quickly write in my phone or like um we'll, we'll write in, in journal and most of the time it's you know thanks to mama ganja or you know all these these plant medicines um but I do feel that there is something that is outside of time and space that when we need the wisdom and we are open to receiving we are able to tap into this source and um and 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 it it's like the sharing i don't know a sharing of, i don't know but i so deeply appreciate what you said because um i have never known how to put it into words and so like going to your classes and hearing you say like speaking from the void or even just your experience just now it fires off so many things in my brain and I'm like, whoa, that is exactly how I felt. And like some of these things that like I was taught in, you know, my yoga training, the 200 hours that I took, or even like younger, um, like as my like childhood self, like just playing it, like in Chicago in the summer, like in the grass and like noticing things, like all of those memories flood back to me and, um, the way in which you described it is so spot on and I am sure so many people will like remember because of like what you just shared so thank you yeah um I I feel like it's a constant like remembering because we forget so much and I don't know if it's like as we get older society like tries to tell us to forget but it's like we get so much we we begin to get further away from that curious mind that we start with you know and I feel like um I don't it, it's 
yeah like I just love the way that you you put that thank you you know Patanjali says um those of you who don't know who Patanjali is, whoever's listening, he's one of the forefathers of yoga. And in Patanjali Sutras, uh, basically he's answering his disciples' questions. His disciples ask him, why spiritual ignorance? Why avidya? Why do we go through spiritual ignorance? This whole forgetting of who we are. Mm -hmm. And he answers, because self-realization. Because you get to have then the experience of remembering. So cherish the forgetting, honor the forgetting because, because of it you get to have that glorious experience of remembering. Wow. Yeah. And it's like almost that desire to remember is another reason why we're here. And I think, I think I was talking with you, Nikki, when we had coffee, like if we didn't desire these things or, or have curiosity or, or seeking, um, why are we here on this earth plane? You know, yeah. <laughs> not in drag. And I, I literally like that just makes me think about so many times that I've been younger and I just had like, I don't know, just really out there thoughts. And I'm like, am I the only one that thinks like this? Like, am I, do you know what I mean? And as, as an adult, like, I feel like I would get further away and further away. And it, I feel like it's only within this last year that I'm getting closer and closer. Yeah. And it's like, I, this remembering it, that, that feeling there is, it's so euphoric and it's like, it gives me this hope that there, there, there is like, I can and will see something on the other side of, of the ocean. Like, even though it looks like I can't, I know it continues. Like yeah. there's a trust that I am at peace with, but I'm like getting closer to it. I love that. Okay. Well, we have one more question. And um, I, I think too, with just like reunify and, um, so much about like understanding the why behind it. Um, but if you could, if you could kind of describe for us um, what mark you as, as Nikki, as you know, your spirit, um, but also maybe the community that you've created, what mark do you want to leave on this world? Um, wow. The initial two words that came to me are authenticity and service. I want to inspire people to fully be themselves with their whole self, their whole persona on the table so they can move past it. And I want them to learn the joys and the bliss of being of service. And then like when, after those two words come to me, like really, like when anyone asked me, like if there was a genie in a bottle, if there was a genie in a bottle and you could ask him one wish, what would it be? I, I say, um, if I could walk this earth for one day and experience unconditional love of myself and every beings and all beings and all circumstances on this planet, that's what my one wish would be. And so I think, I would love to leave the mark of like unconditional love in the flesh, like teaching 
practicing it myself as often and as frequently as possible because it's not always easy, let's be real. Um, and also teaching others to practice it and having us create a community that inspires each other to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Radical self-acceptance is so important. And I feel like I constantly battle this. Um, there's this book that I read with my boyfriend this summer about like relationships and it talks about how um, as human beings we always want to reveal ourselves we have this need to want to reveal ourselves to people but at the same time we're so terrified of revealing ourselves to people yeah it's like um when you know that you can take that leap because there is unconditional love you can get past it it just seems almost impossible when you're so far back but it's like take that giant step forward and it's like what we want it's what we crave that's why we people please right because we want to receive love we want all the love yes Yes. but the reality of the situation the reality of the fact is we are love yeah you know when we start to shed those layers of persona we are love that's all we are so the shedding will get us there so I guess let's shed together Mm, I I do like love what you said because um and Lauren like knows this actually (laughs) after um my first class at reunify and actually after my first class with you too um I like immediately called her after um I took Ashley's class and I loved how she was talking about like so openly and so vulnerably about like her um her like conversation with her spirit guides and like how she decided to go and see a medium for the first time and like all of the um crazy but beautiful uh wisdom that she had gotten from that experience and I had just never experienced that level of vulnerability um in a like in a a yoga studio or like even creating that space and I've actually been taught to not to be vulnerable but don't be too vulnerable where like you're actually making people feel certain things like I've actually been taught don't, that don't <laughs> feel don't let them feel right yeah. and it's like the fact that you are like you are just so the opposite of that is why I will continue to come back and call you my family because that is it, that is everything for me and for so many people. And so thank you for creating that space. I literally do not know what I would be doing right now in Ocean Beach without you or without this like beautiful community that you cultivated. So thank you. Yeah, thank you for saying that. I mean, it's life can be hard sometimes, right? So like, why not sit in the fire together? Yeah, we're all just, we're we're burning, we're crispy. everyone is just seeking that closeness you know and it's just like um thank you for providing that for people like you rarely know how much you touch people on a day-to-day yeah well I am so grateful to be able to talk with you and to just hear hear about you and your beautiful beautiful journey 
Thank you for sharing with us. Thank you so much, Nikki. Of course. Thanks Nikki for holding rainbows. Yes. Nikki rainbows. <laughs> thanks for holding the space, guys. And Grace, keep coming to reunify. And Lauren, if you want, you can always tune in online. We got the video. <laughs> oh, oh. Thank you for listening to our conversation with Nikki Rainbows, aka Nikki Rainbows. For more on Nikki, yoga, all things reunify, follow Reunify Yoga on Instagram. That's R-E-U-N-I-F-Y space yoga. That's all for today's episode. If you have a chance, please subscribe to our channel. And if you can, pass this episode along to a sister or to a friend. Thank you.